0: Welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. I'm here to welcome you into the world of orgasmic living by hosting experts to discuss orgasmic topics such as nutrition, spirituality, personal development, sexuality, and much more. Here, we will offer lifestyle lessons that can help you lead a fulfilling, joyous, and orgasmic lifestyle. I'm your guide. Venus O'Hara. Welcome to the 47th episode of the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus O'Hara. In this Flower Moon episode, we'll be discussing the power of focus, sexuality and monogamy. I'll be interviewing Dr. Tara, TikTok's number one sex educator. Then. I'll be discussing the book I'm reading now, which is Wild Monogamy, Cultivating Erotic Intimacy to Keep Passion and Desire Alive, by Mally Apple and Joe Dunn. And finally, we'll be experiencing a guided meditation with affirmations for focusing on what's thriving. But first, let me share with you some reflections of my own experiences with concentration and focus. First of all, apologies for publishing this episode a few days late. I had very good intentions of recording this episode last week and publishing it on time for the Flower Moon on the 5th of May. However, today is the 8th of May and as I was away traveling, I decided to prioritize my disconnection and rest, which was very much needed. And I've been thinking a lot about how I'm managing my time and how best to utilize my time and not get in this situation again where I am late with things because there is a lot to do <laughs> and I really need to be a bit more focused and, and concentrate on the tasks in hand, which is actually also the theme of today. And why did I choose this theme? Well, I interviewed Dr. Tara and she she was very inspiring in many ways and you all you all um, find out why if you continue listening to this episode in for our interview which is coming next but i ask all of my guests um to share with me what's their philosophy or the quote that they live by and she said focus on what's thriving and that really struck a chord with me because i think sometimes i'm a bit all over the place I do find it hard to concentrate on one thing. So I've decided to devote, to devote the whole episode to that topic. And last week when I was in Ibiza and Formentera, I decided to just focus on rest because I knew that I would come back with more strength, creativity and focus. Um, I had these very good intentions of working um, from, from my, diff- my different travel destinations. And that's something I really want, would like to do more of in the future but for this time, I just thought, oh, my brain needs to rest. Because just before I went away, I had some very challenging weeks. It was the sex toy fair here in Barcelona, the very first Eero Spain edition. And I was the mistress of ceremonies at the gala ceremony. I also had to host an event for the brand Satisfyer, just to welcome everyone to an event. So I had an MC, two kind of MC jobs And then the following week, it was the magic fair, the biggest esoteric fair in Europe. And I was giving a conference, which I only prepared about three days before. And also a, a two-hour masterclass, which I only prepared as well about four days before. So and also between those two events, I had um workmen in my house who were redoing the parquet because there'd been a leak and they couldn't do it any other time. So I had to get up early and I was and I also had clients in Barcelona. So I was I was absolutely shattered and overwhelmed with everything that I had to do. And I was feeling just so burnt out almost. And I thought that vacation was what I needed to just kind of recharge my batteries and get back with much more energy. So even though I wanted to do some work when I traveled, I decided to prioritize my rest instead. So focus on what's thriving is something that I actually plan to live by in my life because there's so many things happening around me, to me, for me and um, not all of them are thriving things. So I'm trying to kind of apply that philosophy and be more productive and more mindful about all the blessings that I have and just kind of let go of things that aren't quite working for me. And I'm having some situations um, in my personal life that um, some are thriving and others are not, which I might reveal in due course. But another thing about mindfulness and concentration—I think it's very hard to concentrate these days with our smartphones. I think it's sometimes a huge distract distraction. And on the full moon, the, the night of the fifth of May, I was in Ibiza. I was alone, and I went out to um, just to see the sunset and the moonrise and the moon. And have a drink, and I was alone, and I only had seventeen percent on my of battery, and I wanted to go to a bar and potentially plug my phone in, so I was able to, you know, take some videos of the full moon and then post them on TikTok and Instagram. But actually, I went to a, a bar with an incredible view of the old town of Ibiza, and I wasn't able to plug in, <laughs> and um, I had to just I just watched the old town light up, watch the sunset, the moon rise. And I was just mesmerized by this sight. And I was, I had a book on my table, which was the Jay Shetty um, Eight Rules of Love, which I talked about in my last episode. But this was just such a nice, mindful experience just to stare at the sky at the old town and just do nothing and think of nothing and just appreciate what is and appreciate the moment which is something that I am finding quite difficult, um, actually, especially with the overwhelm that I am experiencing. And now that I'm back as well, I'm finding it harder to concentrate because I'm still kind of like in holiday mode when I need to get back into work mode. This is the first day. This is my first task after I'm back. And another thing that really um, influenced me or inspired me with my about my talk with Dr. Tara is that she also does a lot of different different things in her life. And she seems to have a much better way of focusing or arranging her time. And that's something I'm going to aim to do as well. For example, doing some uh, something on Mondays and Wednesdays, something else, another area of my work on Tuesday and Friday, and then something else on a Friday. That's what she's doing. Or uh, Sorry, Tuesday, Thursday, one thing, Monday, Wednesday, another thing, and then Friday, some um, something else. And that's something I need to kind of think about in my work as well, to try and think about all the things I need to do and when to do them so that I'm not in a situation where I'm publishing podcast episodes late. And I think it's really important to systemize your work if you want to scale it and um, and grow. And that's something that I am in the process of as well. So yeah, lots of uh, focusing on what's thriving. So I'm gonna, um, not going to reveal any more about my amazing chat with Dr. Tara. And here it is coming up. Now it's time for this episode's interview. We'll be speaking with Dr. Tara, TikTok's number one sex educator. Dr. Tara, welcome to the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast, and thank you so much for taking part in this interview today. I'm very happy to have you here. And you are a sex and relationship coach, and for those who are unfamiliar with your work, could you tell us what you do?
1: Yes. uh, Thank you for having me, Venus. I'm really excited Mm -hmm. to be here. I would say I wear three hats. Uh, oh. I actually, my very first hat and my full time job is a professor. I'm a professor of sexuality at California State University Fullerton. Um, I teach four classes there and I teach like Monday, Wednesday. Other days I do research for my job as well. So that would be my first hat is a professor of sexuality. My second hat is the sex and relationship coach, and I have a private practice here in downtown LA uh, where I coach people based on whatever sexual goals we set, and I coach people to get to their goals. And that's my second hat. My third hat is a sex positive media company. And this sex positive media company, I call it the same name, which is Love Bites. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I have social media and my podcast named Love Bites uh, with, you know, my TikTok actually blew up last year. We're now at 2 million followers on TikTok. So it's been a really, really fun journey. But overall, all my three hats fall in, you know, the field of sexuality.
0: Okay. I'm really curious. How do you organize your time then? Do you have certain days where you do different things? I do.
1: Yeah. Mm. So I'm a professor Monday, Wednesday. I see Mm. my clients Tuesday, Thursday. I make Mm. content every Friday.
0: Okay. That's so cool. So you kind of um, keeps it easy because I think having a system is really important, isn't it? For growth. 100%
1: I can't Mm. imagine not being organized and systematized. Uh, Also, Mm. building a team is extremely helpful to Mm. have a balanced life that I have now. It's because I have my team, I have my assistant, I have a social media person, um, I have my publicist, it's really helpful.
0: Amazing, amazing. So, I want to. I'm interested in how what inspired you to follow this path. I read that you come from a sexually conservative Thai culture and then wow. to become a viral sex ed creator. Tell <laughs> us about that. So, it's a, such a big shift. I mean, how did that happen and what were the challenges involved?
1: Oh, yeah. Motivations. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Thailand?
0: No, but I'm from an Irish Catholic, so family. So I, I kind of understand. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I think religion's a great aphrodisiac, you know? I, I mean, I think um I mean it's been a big journey, you know. You're like, good that way to put it. <laughs> so uh, we have something journey. in
1: common. Um yeah. I actually went to a private Catholic school okay. throughout my life. Um, it is it's an all-girls school. So mm-hmm. it was all girls. I attended from uh, first grade until I finished middle school. So like, you know, the first 13 years of my life was like private, all girls, Catholic school, wearing a uniform, like your skirt has to cover your knees or else you get hit on the wrist and like get sent home to go change and wear a more suitable skirt. So ever since I was a little girl, I've always had a lot of, you know, um, shame and guilt for wanting to dress differently from what was expected in my school and in my culture. In my culture, so I'm from Thailand and Thai culture is not like what Hollywood movies show you. Uh, Thai culture isn't all about like sex and it's so sex positive. Like those are just for foreigners. It's called sex tourism and it's only reserved for foreigners. For Thai people that grew up in our culture, everyone will know we are very sexually conservative. Very, very conservative. Um, Women are expected to follow like gender roles um, and, you know, like becoming a good wife is something you should strive for. And even if you work, you shouldn't work too hard and you should never be be sexually assertive. You should always be like passive and submissive. You should never initiate a relationship. You should never initiate sex. Uh, you have to be the the Madonna, like the, you know, innocent, pure, woman worthy of you know a marriage so that was instilled in me since young age growing up in thailand uh, especially with my school so the huge shift actually came from there were two shifts the first shift was me going to high school in finland
2: mm,
0: wow it's a very liberal yeah, society it, mm-hmm.
1: it is yeah exactly mm. and i mean you're in barcelona so you you know in i feel like in certain places in europe people don't have the kind of like naked body shame that other people have like in thailand you never go naked anywhere right but in finland people get naked to go into sauna like every day and Mm -hmm. you see other people being naked like you can see your dad your mom your sister you know and and it's not a shameful thing like naked bodies are just bodies and it's natural so that was my first shift into understanding like oh wow okay so we shouldn't feel embarrassed or ashamed about our naked bodies That's weird. That's not what I have been taught. So that was my first shift. My second shift was actually coming to America. And the first place.
0: How long have you been in America for?
1: Almost 13 years. Okay. The first place I came to was Los Angeles uh, for my master's. And uh, Los Angeles is, I mean, debatedly like one of the most sexually liberal places in the United States. I would say it's Los Angeles, San Francisco and New York are kind Mm -hmm. of equal. So when I first came here and I went to like these like huge sex toy shops, I I was like, wow, there's a whole different world out there where people just enjoy sexual pleasure without feeling shitty about themselves. Um, And I was always a very sexually curious child uh, Mm -hmm. from, from the longest I remember. Like when I was 10, I was used the bidet. I would use the bidet like extra long because it felt good on my clitoris. I didn't know it was sexual, but it felt mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So I was always sexually curious. So coming here and like witnessing, observing other people approach like different lifestyle, different relationship structures. Like there were people that were poly, um. It really opened my eyes, like, wow, ok. So there's so much variety when it comes to sex and relationship. And the only thing I, I knew, like the monogamy heterosexual, like woman as submissive model, like is so antiquated, and that, you know, you can opt into any kind of, you know, explorations. So it kind of started there,
0: amazing. So I feel in my journey, which was kind of similar, I think I, I, I experienced so much pleasure from sex that I was the, the the idea of being repressed just didn't occur to me. You know, um, yeah. But I, I think, I mean, do you think it's a huge advantage with what you do, especially with your um, when you're when you're doing coaching and and seeing clients, to actually fully understand this conservative mentality? Do you think that's a massive advantage? Because I mean, I guess a lot of people don't have that. Maybe people who've grown up in more, more liberal environments. How how's, yeah. do you find that's an advantage for you?
1: That's such that's such mm. a great question. Uh, it's 100% an advantage. I'm able to truly empathetically understand someone mm. because of the stuff that I went through. I remember the first therapist that I had um, and that therapist, I asked that therapist a couple of questions about them because I wanted to know where they come from. And I asked that therapist about like, you know, how they grew up like a little bit, like what's their, you know, religious affiliation? What were their parents like? And I just remember, oh, wow, this person has never gone out of their bubble. Like there is to me, there's no way that you would be able to understand the vast variety of experiences that I've had since young age. Um, And so I had to quit and find a new therapist that had a more like worldly experiences so I would say with my background and the variety of personal and professional experiences that I had is a huge advantage another thing that I mean now that I'm proud of <laughs> is uh that I went I got married young and I went through a divorce and you know at first I was very ashamed a, a sex and relationship coach who went through a divorce you know what a loser uh-huh. And then I came to terms with it. Wow. It's actually very powerful that I had that experience because now I, whenever I meet like someone who's divorced or like in their like second husband club, cause I'm now with my second husband, we like <laughs> high five, <laughs> like <we laughs> immediately have a bond with someone who got a divorce or have a second husband. We just high five and go like, yeah, second husband club. Cause It's a unique life experience. Like if you've never gone through it, it would be really hard to understand.
0: I love the second husband club.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Are you in the second husband club?
0: No, I'm not even first husband club.
1: All right. All right. I think
0: for me, um, because I grew up with very strict parents so then going into relationships when I've been living with people, I found that even more restricting than, than being a, a teenager. <laughs> so, so I think I've kind of avoided that. I'm, I'm on a kind of love journey right now just to try and overcome a lot of my avoidant attachment stuff. Um, but um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of stuff to unpack, but um, it's a, it's a nice journey as well. Do you
1: feel uh, like it affects your sexual attraction for people?
0: Um, I think it has done in the past, but I've been on a spiritual journey as well and I feel like I'm on this very rapid upward spiral and I just want to have no limits, you know, and, and I'm not saying that a relationship can limit you, but it, it can somewhat cause you can't, you do have to consider someone else. Yeah. So I, I just, I just feel, um, I'm kind of having there's an order to things in life you know first of all I, mean, I was in a relationship that was kind of not the right one during the pandemic but that kind of shifted our perceptions that we're doing things which you know out of fear not out of love maybe and now I've been constructing mm-hmm. an amazing group of friends we call call ourselves the goddesses and I think love is the next thing so oh, um, yeah I love yeah
1: that the goddesses. <laughs> oh that's yeah. so beautiful yeah we have
0: this group called goddess treatment only so it, we really hold our, each other accountable for everything you know work dating and wow. um so it's really nice and we do goddess reports at the end of the month you know what was your go- most wow. goddess moment and when you buy something you go what's the goddess version i'm getting the goddess version so
2: it's Voila. like it's
0: like a whole i want to be style. a
1: part of this group <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> cool so
1: cool yeah, yeah. i so, i would say like similar to you my mm-hmm. spiritual journey actually came at about the same time with my like sexual awakening journey, I think it goes hand in hand. Um, and my spiritual journey was really jump started with me trying, um, like going on my like psychedelic journey mm-hmm. and experiencing all the things that I have never experienced before. Um, I'm someone who is like. Western educated, like social scientific methods. My research methods is quantitative. So I've been in the realm of extreme, like scientific discoveries in my education. And I have ignored a lot of metaphysical realm and somatic realm and, you know, other things that enhance your life that they just don't teach in the educational system. So with that being said, like along with my sexual awakening journey, all of these things were happening at the same time um, where I started meditating every day. I tried different types of psychedelics and it just like all changed so fast. And I'm still integrating and learning. And you know, I feel like every day I I discover something new, like something small, but something new.
0: Yeah, I was on um I kind of rejected religion and all that for a long time. I think that, that's quite normal when you're from um, that kind of background and you come into a liberal space. And then my sexuality is more focused on pleasure, overcoming taboo, that kind of thing, and overcoming survivor stories and things like that. But then when I became spiritual, it, it gave, it gave, it, it was like discovering a new room to a house I already knew, you know, because the sexual, I thought I knew a lot about sexuality, but now suddenly I discover that it's a powerful thing. And I'm speaking at this fair tomorrow called the magic fair here in barcelona and it's i i practice sex magic so i'm going to be giving Mm. an hour conference tomorrow so i now feel that orgasm is like connecting connecting with god and i have cosmic orgasm so i feel like you know i rejected that that side for a long time but now i'm embracing god again through orgasm
1: (laughs) you know me too wow i I love hearing Mm. this and i Mm. love uh i love that you're even like organizing like a conference and a meeting for it because for the longest time i like hated the word god cuz it's, yeah. it's so attached to like strict rules right how to be um especially as a woman it's it feels it felt oppressive uh but only recently i started using the word god i've for the longest time i used universe and i'm yeah. more comfortable with the word universe but Recently, I started using the word God when I like pray or when I journal, and it starts to feel good again.
0: Yeah, I understand that completely. Or infinite intelligence is another one. Or source, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm okay yeah. with God now yeah so (laughs) we're
1: (laughs) cool now god and i are uh, cool now
0: (laughs) yeah i I do think the sexuality is like such a such a godly experience as well i mean god gave i I didn't choose my path i was show i mean it chose me you know it was like that that's i mean that's like maybe you feel the same it's like a mission everyone i know who's in the sexual wellness space it's not just about having a fun job it's about having a mission you know yeah Mm. yeah so I read that you were also a t- sex tech consultant. I just told you mm-hmm. we we've celebrated Eros, Spain here, a big sex toy fair in Barcelona. And I have 750 sex toys because I'm a sex toy reviewer <laughs> and designer. I have a whole spare room full of them. And um, so um, for your sex tech, what do you have any, any favorite toys that we need to know about?
1: <laughs> wow. You know, um, a lot of people also send me toys to review or to post on Instagram Mm-mm. as like a uh, content creator so Mm -hmm. I personally don't have like one go-to and the reason why is I don't want to get into the loop of idiosyncratic masturbation where I'm only coming with one toy
0: oh yeah absolutely Um, I have Mm -hmm.
1: observed many of my vulva owner clients that get super attached to one toy like one vibrator and can't come without it um, can't come with a partner. Can't come without. It. And and there is nothing wrong uh, inherently with that idea. It's just not something that I prefer. I prefer the ability to get pleasure from various places. Honestly, it's selfish. It's like I don't want to be in the middle of somewhere have not 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 having that toy and not being able to come. <laughs> so mm-hmm. so I wanted to try different things. I would say. Right now, for this couple of weeks, I've been really into the sucking toy.
0: Okay, which any any particular one? I'm Womanizer, will was Satisfyer. I'm
1: um the one that I was gifted uh, is from Girls Get Off. I'm not Ooh, sure. Nice name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an Australian company, I think, or New Zealand, but um it's really cute it's like light pink and it's small but it's like sucking it's very strong (laughs) (laughs) so I've been using that but for the longest time I just use like a vibrator vibrator so like um uh either like the bullet or the the crave um vibrator oh yeah I have that on my um (laughs) necklace yeah yeah i use that as well but sometimes i want like a softer tip so then i start using like mod yeah so it just depends on what like feel i'm into the recent one is from queen v and they have this like vibrator that's a bullet vibrator but they also have flutter tip that you can Mm. insert and then it becomes that tip vibrating uh where it tries to mimic basically a tongue but uh, okay Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, Yeah, but the company that I am on the advisory board recently is actually Moan. And it's the sex convos community app. So, yeah, it's an audio chat room app. And on the app, there's various like sex chat rooms, typically, Either expert or someone that has like life experiences in that context will start a room and people join them to like listen and ask questions. And it's all audio um, and it's, it can be anonymous. Like you don't have to use your real name. So I've learned so much. Like I joined a cuckolding room and learned a bunch about this woman who has lived the cockholding life for 15 years you know, is still living it, but it's so interesting. Um, And then I listened to a room of this woman who loves, you know, um, like massaging and smelling feet, (laughs) (laughs) who gets turned on and aroused by like massaging and smelling feet. It's super interesting. So to me, it's like, a good exploration and the first time I stumbled upon the app I really I was like really liking it already and then I started talking about it with the CEO and he's like do you want to come on as an advisor so then I started uh, our journey our relationship
0: that's amazing I think in our world of the sexual wellness it's um if people think is it I mean, with toys, even, um, are, are, there, are there really new toys every week? But yes, I mean, everything's constantly evolving. That's the most fascinating thing. And there's always new ways to express sexuality that we don't know about. Yeah. And it's, it's a vast topic, you know, it's not just about in, out, in, out, shake it all about. It's like so much bigger than, you know, mini- missionary penetration,
1: you know? Yeah, 100%. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, I learn like something new every day.
0: Mm-hmm. Amazing. So, I want to learn speaking of new things. What is Riz? I saw this, I didn't know what it was. That you're talking about this is what your publicist sent me Gen Z's love and dating terms. Okay, so there's lots of new words that have come into the yeah mm-hmm. uh, into, into our recovery lately. Um, can you share <laughs> far, with any that's what, what's Riz? Interesting <laughs> that's,
2: that's um, a good word for
0: me.
1: Riz is someone who is like charismatic, who knows how to talk, who knows how to flirt. Okay. Uh, So that's like a Riz. Someone who has Riz or like a Riz god is someone who's Ah. really good at flirting.
0: So that's not dick pic then. (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) no.
1: That's like the least Riz. Like that's no Riz. (laughs) Uh you actually there's actually like a really famous video um produced by Jubilee on YouTube. And it's like a game show where there's like six guys and six women, and the women talk to each guy and they rate who has the most Riz. It's really interesting. It's a very common Gen Z term.
0: Okay, any more that you can uh, share with us?
1: Yeah, another one that's very uh, mass now is bricked up. Have you ever heard of that?
0: Bricked up, like living together?
1: (laughs) No, uh, bricked up (laughs) means um, getting aroused
0: okay like a brick yeah
1: Yeah. so like you say let's say like oh like you know the way she eats that popsicle gives like makes me bricked up okay or like the like he always opens the door for me makes me bricked up
0: okay so it's it's for is this like I would think of that as an erection anyone can use it okay yeah it it comes
1: from an erection but like a woman can be like oh my god he did this like made Mm. me so bricked up
0: okay that's interesting um, so I was also interested about um, communicating sexual desires um, mm-hmm. for a summer fling or, or um, to freshen a long term relationship. So, do you, everyone says like um, communication is really important, but I mean, how how should we communicate? Because talking is not always not the only way, and it's not always so right. easy. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you recommend? Uh, I guess a bit of both, like before bed when you're in you're wearing your clothes or or in the situation. Can you give us any tips about both? Scenarios. What what would be advisable?
1: Yeah, uh, and I love that you said. You know, a lot of people have said communication is extremely important for mm. your sex life. And last year, I conducted a large scale study based on five thousand subjects, wow. and I found that uh, sexual communication is one of the top three predictors of long term sexual satisfaction. So if you're not communicating. There's no way you're gonna have long-term sexual satisfaction. It's very important that you're talking. Um, with that being said, when it comes to communicating your desires or wanting to try something new, something else, uh, it's always important to consider this macro communication as like a separate, like a separate dialogue that's necessary. Don't think of it as like, a part of your sex life. So don't have it in bed. Don't have it when you're naked. Don't have this conversation before or after or during sex. It has to be a completely separate dialogue. Actually, highly recommend like when you're both sober, Mm -hmm. um, and maybe over morning coffee or over like dinner um, together, uh, somewhere where you're able to have an honest conversation. It's always hard to start if you're someone who has not talked about sex that much in your life and you and your partner have never talked about sex, it will be hard. And that's just something you have to accept and overcome. Um, It takes one person to initiate. So you, the listener, could be the person who is more brave, who Mm -hmm. initiates this conversation. Now, a few tips when you have this conversation. First, you want to prime them that you want to talk about sex. You don't want to start with, Jason, listen, I want to fuck someone else. <laughs> right? You want to prime them that, hey, like tonight, can we talk about sex? I know this is kind of out of nowhere, but we've actually never talked about it. So I would love for us to talk about it. So priming is really important because it allows people to be like, OK, I'm getting ready for this kind of conversation without being caught off guard. The mm-hmm. second tip would be when you um, want to talk about sex, Ask your partner a question first. So don't state your claim or desires first. Ask them first how they feel about it. What do they think about it? And then by reciprocity rule of communication, they usually ask you back. Then that's where you share your desires or whatever issue that you're having. Um Number three, it's also really nice to share resources. So if you're listening to this episode um, or other episode uh, from Venus, you can pick an episode and send it to your partner and say, hey, I heard about blank. It's so interesting. What
2: do you think? That's a great tip. That's a
0: really, really yeah. Tip. So That would be my mm. three tips. I think one of the best tips I've experienced is obviously trying all these toys and products. Um I think one of the, when I did have a the last partner I was with um having to try board games was amazing because that's like Someone else telling you what to do because you're going around a board like Monopoly, <laughs> but yeah. you know, because then you're doing random things. And um, and also, I got given in the fair these um, question cards. You know, to, I think it's yeah. a really good idea because sometimes, um, you know, I really that's something I admire a lot about the BDSM community or the polyamorous community. They, they share so much more about boundaries yeah. and, and tastes and uh, desires than, than they, they really
1: uh, do. They're yeah. so much better at communicating.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if everyone could kind of get on board with that, I think everyone would have a much better, much better sex life. And what about when you're actually in the moment and um, someone does something you don't quite like? Do you have any tips about that as well?
1: Yeah, uh, I would say for instant feedback, um, it's always good to encourage something you like rather than saying something you dislike.
0: Okay, that's a good point
1: yeah so more so, this
0: more that less this yeah this, that, that.
1: yeah rather mm-hmm. than like like ew that doesn't feel good right okay maybe rather than that saying like ooh, can you go slower that feels good
0: mm, okay that's a good point because yeah. you to be hurting people's egos in there no, <laughs> could really no. be bad. and there's mm. a lot
1: of egos when it comes to sex just because the way mm. we were taught you know that it's so um That it's, like, this thing that's, like, attached to you, especially for men or people with penises, it's, like, your identity and your masculinity is only attached to your penis.
0: Yeah. They're
1: very sensitive.
0: Yeah, and I hate this kind of mentality of, um, there was a couple of songs I can't remember now, there was one by Little Mix about... um, um shout out to my ex does, does your new girlfriend fake it like I did and I think what's what's great about that you should be communicating <laughs> you know
2: what I mean yeah
0: as if like men should kind of know it help you know be automatically able to please you without knowing yeah. there's a lot of pressure I think Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So much pressure again, like communication is necessary and being patient, being flexible and like adjusting um, all of those things. Like I think Esther Perel talks about erotic intelligence, Mm -hmm. Um, being patient and communicating and understanding your own body, as well as trying to understand your partner's bodies. All of these things combined, like become your kind of like sex IQ. Right. Um, so if you're rushing and you only focus on certain thing or focus on coming and you're not experiencing the whole thing, um, that's not doing it justice.
0: Okay. So talking about love languages and communication. Um, so I, do you know two new love languages? So can you tell us what, what love languages are and what are the two new love languages for better sex and relationships?
1: you know there are so many like people that talk about love languages as like oh but I don't have one like I like all of them and I think it's Mm -hmm. true like we do like all of them right like if you had to look at the original five Venus like Mm -hmm. do you feel like there is a certain one that you feel like oh that's mine
0: Can you remind me what the five were
1: yeah so it's words of affirmation Mm -hmm. right like I love you. I'm encouraging you and you know, confirm like you know, you're you're my one and only or whatever it is. There's physical touch, mm. gifts, quality time, and acts of service.
0: I think about all of them. <laughs> think yeah. all of them. Definitely. Maybe not gifts so much. I mean, that's really? nice extra. It's nice extra, but it's not something I would um expect all the time. But I think it's more the other things are way more important to me, um, personally.
1: Do you feel like when you receive gifts, do you feel like that's an affectionate thing to to receive, or do you feel like, oh no, that's I actually don't like that?
0: Um, I, I think thoughtful things like someone buying something you like, something simple in the supermarket that you like, or buying the something that you like, and that's nice. But it's not something I would. Uh, I think if it's done very regularly, then I think it takes away that surprise element, you know. Um, I would I would for me what's more important what kind of um, kept me in relationships for longer than I should have been in them was those those daily um, messages and support you know every morning how did you sleep or and every evening how was your day that that kind of thing that connection with someone can listen to all of your trivial stuff and support you and uh, I, th- I think that's for me um, the thing definitely
1: do you yeah. feel like a certain one like let, let's say if there was only one type of love language that you can receive forever which one would you pick
0: mm, probably the um physical touch
1: <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. see so yeah, it makes I, I think, sense think, in think, this line of work
0: yeah absolutely i think it's really important i mean um I know lots of, I mean, relationships that are happening around me with friends who are not as sexual and they've got all the other things mastered, you know, they've got the nice weekends away and the thoughtful guys buying them flowers and all of that, but there's no sexual spark. And I would rather, you know, I could not live like that. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> um, that was my first marriage. Um, uh-huh. I feel like we had everything. We were seemingly perfect, mm-hmm. but not that part. And it, it really didn't work
0: it really eats you up. I mean, I've lived on both sides. I've been the one kind of turning down the sex and the one desiring more sex. So I know it's really such a painful thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not it sure. It's,
0: yeah, it's very painful. And it's
1: thing. like always the elephant in the room. Like mm-hmm. you're just so uncomfortable.
0: Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so with that being said, so there's the, those original five, which, you know, a lot of people have talked about. and But then the main argument is people usually say, you know, of course we all want all of them, mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, some therapists and researchers have looked into various types of love languages. There's, um, Anne Hodder. I think she came up with like 24 or something types of love languages, but the two new love languages outside of those five that people have been talking about a lot is the first one is shared experiences.
0: Amazing.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: As a love language, because you think of other things, there's quality time, but it's not necessarily like a shared experience. A shared experience is like something that makes you feel closer together. So it's almost like a step up. Right. So instead of just spending the time, it's like you are more intentional in creating experiences together. And then the second one is emotional security. Oh, wow. Uh, providing emotional security or receiving emotional security as a love language is extremely important for a lot of people. And um, people are like, Oh, isn't that, you know, through all these love languages that you receive, you, you build emotional security. Um, Not necessarily because people could be doing that, not like an intentional way of trying to build emotional security. Um, there are different ways to build emotional security. Obviously, like consistency is one of them, right? When you say that you're going to do something and you do it, people feel like, oh, okay, now I can trust you. And there's like this security, the bond between you and them. Mm-hmm. What do you think someone can do for you that allow you to feel more emotionally secure with them?
0: Well, I think for me, what what I love about being in this kind of relationship bubble or cocoon is when you start creating your own language, like words that only, you know, and jokes Mm. that only, you know, I think that for me has been a really big thing, you know, that I really enjoy. Yeah.
1: That's really sweet. I love that too. Mm. And I love, I also love fun, flirty, like dirty nicknames. (laughs) Yeah. I would say for me, one way to make me feel emotionally secure is like when I share with you something, you don't respond back with like a judgmental language. Mm. I think that really scars me from like previous relationships is when I say something that I want to try, perhaps like sexually. And my previous partners would go like, ew, or like, you know, with a judgmental, like, why would you want to do that? Like, you know, or only using it against you. Only weird people do that. Yeah. And made me feel bad. So that way, um, it's ju- it was just too hard from then to like build emotional security with that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be able to feel like you can share whatever and their first response isn't going to be judgmental. <laughs> like that's my emotional security.
0: Definitely, especially not judging you on your past as well. I think that's really important. Exactly. There's yeah. a lot
1: of talks on that, like on mm. TikTok. A lot of young people are like, What's your body count? Yeah. Right. And a lot of um this, you know, toxic masculinity of like, oh, if the body count is this, like she's a slut and like she's a used good, right? which is that like, they want someone who didn't have a lot of sex, but then when they marry them, they want them to have a lot of sex.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. It's a
1: funny thing that I always t- mm. like s- talk back to people that say that to me. I'm like, okay, so now you want your wife to be more sexually active. But when she, before she met you, she wasn't sexually active and you loved her that you loved her like that. Why, what changed? And they usually go quiet. Well, now we're married. Well, that's who she is. She's not going to change.
0: And right? also with sex on the first date as well, like um, that kind of thing. I, d- I just don't think I'm the, I have amazing male friends, so I don't really know any men who think that the girl's a slut if she lets the guy shag her on the first date. I think it's a mutual thing. Right. If you're on a dating app or you're a certain age, then people have histories and it doesn't really matter. I think people would rather that someone to be their own person right well, anyone who's secure I mean it means that you know what you want then rather than just yeah. being a naive virgin not that there's anything wrong with that if that's what you want but um nothing right also I've had a lot of judgment from my work I don't know if that's happened to you but I mean not not really from the people who've been in my life fortunately they see through the, the work and they see who I am um but yeah. people I get a lot of comments on I had some, um, some unboxing and uh, the other day on um on um, instagram and someone said oh does your partner not satisfy you? I said, what has this got to do with it i mean that's like comparing pizza and chocolate you know
1: exactly <laughs> so
0: you can't even compare but I, I do understand that some guys have in my life have been very intimidated by all of the sex toys and uh <laughs> <laughs> and all over, i've got like 10 toys on my on my desk right now it's just crazy yeah
1: and... <laughs> you know that's so funny <laughs> uh like i literally have this on my desk right now <laughs> cool
0: I've got my dildos got on the uh, on the bookshelf back here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I see them. I see yeah. them. There's so many. I yeah. just got this yesterday from a bisexual influencer.
0: Oh,
2: cool. Um,
1: it's like bisexual color. <laughs> um, it's really fun. Definitely. It's a fun life that we have.
0: Mm. It is. It is. <laughs> so speaking of fun, I've heard you've created an iconic game called Flick It, Lick It, Suck It. Tell us about this and how can you play it? <laughs>
1: oh actually the game uh so we used to call that but now we don't now we call it sls so okay uh, um squeeze lick suck
0: okay and
1: it's basically you can just if you want to not download an app to play you can just write body parts into small pieces of paper you know tear them up fold them put it in a hat and then basically take turns to pick up a part Uh, Mm -hmm. But before you open it, you have to choose do you want to squeeze, lick, or suck.
2: And then you open
1: the part and then you do that to the person. So you can do that too. But there's also an app uh, called Scratch Adventure. And on this app, Scratch Adventure, there's a lot of sex games. uh, And SLS or squeeze, lick, suck is on there too. So instead of paper, like tearing up paper, you can like download the app. Um, it's free and you basically go to squeeze like suck and then you like roll the dice on there. Um, That's cool. Yeah, for body parts and and you can select squeeze like or suck prior then roll the dice and then when the dice comes on like let's say uh, neck then you do that. So you can also use the app or you can do the manual way. But it's really fun. It's a fun way to switch it up and like just try – A game without like necessarily you know having penetrative sex like enjoying it and being more playful with your sexuality
0: definitely because it's great there's so many resources now like board games and apps etc so we don't have to just do the what's your favorite
1: board game I actually don't have a sex board game
0: well um I tried this board game uh, and a couple made who tried every board game. <laughs> okay. So so I mean it was really good. I mean the, the, this I just really envy people who like I mean cuz sometimes I don't get the chance to share toy experiences very often and and I get sent things a lot but it's usually my solo explorations but if I'm with a person I don't really use toys. So I'm just thinking oh skin skin. But um, <laughs> but I'm just <with laughs> <a skin. laughs> But I, um, I heard of this couple who literally just got every single board game out there and played them all and then got the best of each one and they created a new game. And it's okay. actually an app now called Plaro, like P-L-A-R-O, like Play Romance.
2: Oh. And, and
0: I, I played the um, the board game version and it was so much fun. Um, but now it's an app, obviously, to to um is this easier than selling a physical product
1: yeah but I haven't
0: tried the app but I, I do really the, the game was amazing I've just been given um this week I've been given um some cards as well I think they're really good about different positions and also different just to help, um like just orders as well like one of them is about just different positions like 365 or something And yeah. then got difficulty ratings, so then you can kind of try different things and then see how you feel and then these just different random cards that are giving you instructions. But I took a picture in the fair the other day. It was an amazing game because I'm into my spiritual journey now. They didn't have a spare one, unfortunately, but let me just find it. i am gone. It's just so worth the wait. Where is it? Where is it? Okay. Um, It's called, they're from America, so it's definitely going to be there. Mind, body, and soul, the game for any couple. Heal your chakras with your lover. How cool is that? Can you see? Wow. So I highly recommend that. It just looks amazing. And I haven't tried it at all, but I mean, it's very different from the other types of games that you see. Yeah. So it's called Mind, Body, and Soul. And it was got an X-Biz award. So it must be from 2019 Adult Game of the Year. Um, I so I think to- this is amazing. I mean, I, I'm really interested. I get very turned on by the idea of sacred sexuality and doing you know, building up the energy in different ways rather than just going through the normal kiss, caress, undress routine, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so this is really hot. I mean, I've read a lot of books about sexual sacred sexuality and I just really, I find I find them very, um, a huge turn on. So this is a is great- it
1: only European? It doesn't come up in my app store.
0: Um, no, it's actually a physical game.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay. okay, yeah, I somehow thought it was an app. <laughs>
0: But, but the uh, the owners are American, so you'll definitely be able to find it there. And it's Next bizzo okay. Award Best Game of 2019. So I'm sure you'll be able to find it online somewhere. And I yeah. think if you're on a spiritual journey, then healing uh, yeah. your chakras with your lover <laughs> sounds really cool. Thank
1: you for the recommendation. I will yeah. definitely try. I'll report back.
0: Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, be, that'll be intriguing. Wow. A couple of uh, quick questions for you. What is yeah. the book? What's the book that changed your life? Do you have a book, any type of book, not just sexuality, but anything, any, any book that you just like, life-changing?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say the book that I read that was like, oh, wow. Like there's all these things was actually an old book called Hot Monogamy.
0: Oh, a great name. Hot Monogamy. Yeah,
1: right? Yeah. Yeah. It was by this Dr. Patricia Love, I think, which is like awesome name for this Uh. line of work. (laughs) but that was old and I read it a long time ago and I just remember like, wow, people spend the time to write hundreds of pages about this. So that was really interesting.
0: I'm going to interview a couple soon called Mally and Joe, and they've written a book called Wild Monogamy. So I'm going to be reading that soon. I just opened it just to see it and just looks very, just uh, quite enticing from the page one. So I think that's really interesting to yeah. i am I'm ai am ai am I would say I'm a naturally monogamous commitment phobe, which mm-hmm. sounds like very contradictory, yeah. but I mean, I think it's, I think there's so many, um, beautiful rewards in monogamy, not, not when it's, you know, demanded of you, but when you, when you desire that, when it's a mutual yeah. desire. Yeah. You know. I'm
1: not personally monogamous. Uh, we're mm-hmm. married, but we're in a monogamous marriage. So mm-hmm. we play with others um so I don't like necessarily live by like the hot monogamy book but there are a lot of interesting like research facts and and exercises in that book that I really like so I would love to review um wild monogamy to see what it's about
0: great uh, I also recommend um the couple because like they, they might be good guests for you as well I'm gonna be interviewing them in a couple of weeks And they're, they're kind of a, they look like they're having a lot of fun together. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it sounds interesting. And what about which phrase or affirmation do you live by of quote? Do you have any phrase that you, that, that Mm. is a lifestyle for you or something you live by?
1: Yeah. You know, one thing that I say to myself every day is focus on what's thriving.
0: Oh, that's some, and give an example of in terms of work or any, everything.
1: Everything in life, I think we can Mm -hmm. all benefit from not like, you know, going through the negative like rabbit hole uh, of just continue and continuously worry about something rather uh, than you know, that focus on the stuff that's working in your life, the positive things that are happening in your life and amplify those things in your life. Because I completely believe that the energy you give is the energy you receive. So focus on what's thriving has always been just my favorite one, you know, work, relationship, friendships, family, um, all kinds of things.
0: Amazing. I'm going to apply that to my life. So where can people find you?
1: Yes. My website is lovebites.co. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. And all my information's on there, my social media, my podcast and everything.
0: Amazing. So Dr. Tara, thank you so much for this interview. It's been a really interesting talking to you.
1: Thank you for having me and have an orgasmic day.
0: <laughs> thank you. The book I'm reading now is Wild Monogamy, Cultivating Erotic Intimacy to keep passion and desire alive. And this is written by Mally Apple and Joe Dunn. I'm so excited about this book. It was sent to me by the authors and signed. And they said, Dear Venus, we are looking forward to co-creating some magic with you. With love, Mally and Joe. Wow, so exciting. In fact, the magic we are going to create, we are going to actually record an episode for this podcast after i've read the book and i'm very excited about that i do love to interview authors i do feel as though i have a special connection to the book and the author it's just such a privilege for someone like me who's for anyone really but also for me as a as a bookworm i do love reading and i'm very excited about this topic as well of wild monogamy and let me read a tiny bit of the blurb at the back it says drawing on stories from real people and the latest research on sex and love, Wild Monogamy encourages couples to develop or redevelop their erotic intimacy. You'll learn how to create an environment of love and trust in which you can compassionately and creatively work with personal challenges, explore your desires, and enjoy new depths of connection together. Enhance your emotional connection, Use the healing power of eroticism to break free of fear, insecurity, inhibition, shame and self-consciousness. Transform everyday moments into moments of playfulness and passion. See intimacy issues as perfect opportunities for healing, growth and pleasure. Design your own intimate adventures ignite your attraction and desire for each other. Wow. And this is made, this is written by a real life couple and they are um, personal coaches for singles and couples and they help people to create intimate relationships that are compelling, connected, sexy and fun. And in the pictures they have together, they definitely convey that they are connected and having a lot of fun. And I love the idea of wild monogamy because I think um, in this day and age, I think there's a lot of um, more um, awareness of different types of relationship relationships, such as um, polyamorous relationships, open relationships, and they are they t- they can take many forms. And I do think some people can assume that monogamy is something like the boring option. Um, but for me, I am definitely I definitely think that monogamy can be. Very exciting and rewarding, but it definitely has to be something that you choose, not something that's imposed upon you and um, For me, I would describe myself as a naturally monogamous commitment phobe, which might so- sound contradictory, but I think for me I, I do like this kind of cocoon that can that can be created when you are really into someone and that's an exclusive bond. I don't think it should be something that you should demand from someone else or that that, that they can demand from you. I think it should be something that you yourself genuinely desire, because I think life is such a huge gift and time is our most valuable asset. And to try and impose your ideals or desires on someone else, I just don't think that's the right thing to do. If someone is faithful to me, it has to be, or monogamous, it has to be something that, that they desire and they find rewarding. Um, And that's the same for me as well. I think also for me, I was brought up in a very strict household and I felt really controlled all of the time. And I couldn't wait to break free from that and leave home and live with my own rules. And I did that through study and being able to go to university and get a grant, get student loans and be able to just be my own person. I still remember the first time I went to the supermarket and I could buy all the things that my mother would never buy because we weren't allowed to have it at home. And it just felt so liberating and liberating to be able to do whatever I wanted without having to answer to anyone. Then later in life, when I've um, lived with past lovers, I found the experience to be incredibly suffocating. It was actually much worse than being a rebellious teenager. All of this control of where are you going, who are you with, when are you back? you know, on the kind of almost bordering on possessiveness and control. And that did not feel good to me. So I've been a a real free spirit in that sense. But at the same time, I do really value um, that intimate connection. I do also, it's interesting to see that relationships can be healing and that you can overcome a lot of self-consciousness and pain, even just like I've just read in this um, inhibition, shame, self-consciousness fear and insecurity through a partnership. Because for me, I used to assume that, you know, being in a relationship, I always felt a bit more vulnerable and that would be contributing to my traumas. Um, but then I went to this spiritual group once and it was talking about relationships being part of healing. And I just thought, wow, I never thought of it like that before. But I definitely believe there's a lot of healing that can be done when you are supported by someone and also well, something I love about intimacy has to be when you create your own language, almost words that only make sense to you, jokes that only make sense to you. Um, and I just think that's amazing. And also that that daily support of um, someone listening to you, you listening to them and then them being concerned about how you slept. Those are the things that really make um, a relationship in, in, my, in my opinion. And those are the things that I... I, um, I do kind of, I would like to, um, um, how would I say I would like to manifest that in my life, but I still feel a little bit lost in terms of that area of my life. I think I've shared many times with you that that is the part of my life which is probably the least performing area of my life, but I am kind of, um, open and um, more and more ready to actually work on it and I'm also going to see Jay Shetty this month. Um, I'm also I've also been reading the Eight Rules of Love, which I talked about in my last episode. And I've advanced a bit more in that book as well. And that's been quite triggering, actually. Um, the first um part talks about solitude and being able to be alone, which is I've totally mastered that. I've just been on holiday alone. Um, I can go to restaurants alone, I have no problems with that. Um, I, I can spend days alone. And I also also bounce off other people's energy. So it's nice to kind of feel complete as a single person and then be able to enjoy other people as well, not feeling that I need them. Well, obviously we need other people. There's no denying that. And the second part is all about your karma. And that can kind of go back to some triggering um, things about childhood and, and adolescence and younger self meditation, which I did find about quite um, traumatic almost. But I mean, I think, I think I've had some, some relationships. I haven't really chosen the right ones because I didn't really know uh, what to choose. And I've always focused on passion. I've prioritized passion and flow and just been, let's say um, relationships that I've had have, have formed because I liked having, I was sexually attracted to the person I liked having sex with them so much so that I wanted to repeat, repeat, repeat until there was an emotional bond that was formed. And that's been how my my relationships have been formed in the past. And now I'm wondering if I have to completely change my paradigms and my concepts and my my thoughts and mindset about relationships. I think I probably do. And also when I was in the magic fair, um, this. Um, it was the biggest esoteric fair in Europe that was celebrated here in Barcelona just a few days ago. I remember there was a couple of women who came to my sex magic masterclass, and they had a sacred geometry um, stall. And I was thinking about buying some sacred geometry from them. It's a whole, totally new thing for me, so I didn't, I didn't really want to just make a random purchase. I, I was just in in, in cr- intrigued about discovering what what different geometry patterns meant and different affirmations for different ones. And I saw one that was for passion or something like that. And I thought, mm, maybe I could ha- use that in my bedroom. And then for the women who who were on this stall, they'd already been to my sex magic masterclass. So they knew that that might not be the right thing for me. And they, they advised me to get something else. And they said that you need calm and, and tranquility in your bedroom if you want to kind of explore more kind of tantric sex, more type of, you know, sacred sexuality. And I thought, hmm, that's so different to what I used to think maybe five or 10 years ago, uh, where I just thought passion was the thing to go for. Not that you shouldn't have passion. I'm just saying that sometimes it has let, led me down the wrong path. So um, I am I'm do find that um, the idea of, you know, having like a, a a healing relationship is very, very intriguing to me. And I read somewhere, I can't remember who said it, but you know, when you're younger, you want someone who's going to make your legs tremble with passion and make you really nervous. Whereas as you get older, you want someone to make your knees, well, it's not legs, it was knees stable. So yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I need someone to make my knees stable. I also want some seriously amazing orgasms. So that is what I have thought of the thought process is go- going through my head as I'm reading Wild Monogamy, Cultivating Erotic Intimacy to Keep Passion and Desire Alive by Mally Apple and Joe Dunn. Now it's time to slow things down as we prepare for this episode's Guided Affirmations Meditation. It's probably not a good idea to listen to this while driving or operating machinery. Instead, take a break from whatever you're doing, get comfortable take a deep breath and enjoy
2: I am present I am focused I relax stay focused on attracting more abundance into my
0: out more about me and my orgasmic lifestyle, visit venusohara.org or follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash venusohara. Make sure to search for the Orgasmic Lifestyle Podcast by Venus Ohara in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening. Have an orgasmic week and make sure every day is a climax.